1: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Bryce Larson returns right now on ESPN 960. Get in on the conversation by sending in your thoughts on today's show via open mic submission on the ESPN 960 app. I cannot believe it. I just cannot believe it. Welcome back into Valley Sports Talk on ESPN 960. We're running a poll at ESPN 960 Sports on Twitter. Final play of the Super Bowl. Who had the best call? Was it Nance and Romo on CBS? Was it Ion Eagle on Nickelodeon? Was it Kevin Harlan on Westwood One? Or Chiefs Radio, the hometown broadcast? With forty-two percent of the vote, people are voting Nance and Romo on CBS. Oh no! Oh, no. No. oh my goodness! <laughs> wow, I am living if I'm a Cowboy fan. Who are these people?
0: Is it Tony Romo? Does he have a bunch of burner accounts?
1: He <laughs> set up the the Russian bots to go vote for him, huh? <laughs> That's right.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, man, Tono, T- Tony and Putin getting on on the poll today.
1: My question is, how is Iron Eagle on Nickelodeon so low? Dude, that was an elite call by Iron Eagle.
0: Yeah, I linked the videos, you losers. Are you watching the videos? They are not
1: They are not <laughs> watching the videos. They cannot be watching the videos. Okay, we're going to dive into this, and we're going to break this down. Brought to you by our friends at time Pub and Grub down in Vineyard. They also have a Lehigh location, so make sure you go and check out their Lehigh location as well. Bottomless fries, my friends. Bottomless fries. They're, they're fantastic. Let's break this down, Jordan B. Nigi. Let's explain this in very simple terms, okay? Tony Romo spoke way too much, and I know Tony Romo's catching a lot of strays. He has fallen from grace with the NFL community. Has he not?
0: Uh, a little bit. I mean, I don't know NFL community, but it, as far as the media goes, he's yeah, getting a lot more criticism lately.
1: He started out as everybody loved Tony Romo in the booth because he could predict what was going to happen next. It was like he had a, a time machine and he'd go back and say, "Oh, they're going to run a swing pass to to Christian McCaffrey here." And then that's exactly what would happen, right? That's why people loved him. They're like, "Oh, he brings great insight. He does so well." Now in the last couple of seasons, people have started to say, "Hey, Tony Romo's kind of Does he know who Jalen Warren is, who plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Like You know know what I'm referring to here, Jordan, right?
0: No, okay, you gotta have
1: to... In the playoff game that they did for the Steelers, he had no idea who Jalen Warren was, the backup running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He didn't know. He had no idea. He was talking about Najee Harris and how he's been the only back the whole season. (laughs) And Jalen Warren had like half the carries the whole year. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. So a lot of people (laughs) Jalen. Yeah, there we go. A lot of people were questioning whether or not he did any preparation for that football game. (laughs) Because he didn't know who Jalen Warren was. Yes. Jalen Warren, by the way, hometown product out of East High School, playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's good stuff. He ran me over in a playoff game. (laughs) My dad loves to remind me about it.
0: You were playing East in a playoff game.
1: Yeah, we oh. were the last seed to get in. They were number one. Okay,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: we got rolled. It was like sixty-three to seven.
0: Up here on the hill, right here, yeah, East. Okay. Right,
1: right down the street, baby. Yep, right down the street. Good old Spanish Fork High School. Anyway, that was two, that was like two thousand sixteen, two thousand fifteen.
0: That's a, that's. You know what? If you'd you'd rather be run over by him than just not have had a run in with him at all. So that's like, true. Now I have a
1: claim to fame. Yeah, exactly. There we go. The Pittsburgh Steelers running back ran me over. Which now is not as embarrassing as it was then. Oh yeah, because I, you know, it, it's expected, right? It's expected. He played at Oklahoma State for a while, and then went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so so he had no idea who Jalen Warren was that plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that that's like some people started to talk about that. That was this year's playoffs, and now in the Super Bowl, I'm I'm shocked this many people chose the CBS broadcast because clearly in that call. He is, like, mumbling under his breath. Not only does he not, like, he he's, g- takes it right up to the gun, to the snap of him just asking what's going on here. And then talks all over it. Let's hear it again here. They moved to the second quarter. That's right. Because I can only few people out there being like, what's going on? First and goal.
0: Wanna pause it right there. We're gonna break this down. <laughs>
1: What's going on? So
0: so they had been discussing which was a good discussion to have the overtime clock rules. Which by the way, if we wanna get on Jim Nance, who I love, Jim Nance didn't know the, the clock rules of overtime. You wanna get on the players Yeah. <laughs> the broadcasters didn't even know. Like Romo Romo knew. I didn't know either. There was yeah. So Dora Dora the Explorer knew. She was about yeah. the only one. So Right there, you're you're like okay, that's okay. They're talking about the clock. It's not okay because the ball is literally about to be snapped. Yeah, like you gotta get. It's just a timing. You gotta get out. So, so yeah, that's the first issue.
1: We move to the second quarter. That's right. I can only see people out there being like, what's going on? <laughs> first and goal. Mahomes swings it. It's there. Hartman.
0: Jack! He he mumbles something. Some, for the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, for the Super Bowl. For the Super
1: Bowl, is that is that's what it sounds like to me? Yeah, I think that's what it was. It, okay, so they hit O M G for the for the Super Bowl. Oh, that's so funny. That's definitely it. Yeah, that's definitely the, what it is. For the Super Bowl. The, oh, oh my goodness! For the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then Nance has a great call, and here's the difference. Nance has like he had like a cute. He went with jackpot, you know, because it's yes. in Vegas. I'm go, I'm good with that. That's that's not that's different awesome. than the Chiefs Nation just six
1: thousand four hundred and fifty three start- yeah.
0: days. Yeah, well, yeah, that's 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 subtle, a little more subtle. So you had a great call from Nance. He got in late, not his fault. Got a great call. So now you just like let the tv you know let the pictures tell let the, the story like the crowd
1: scream and this was the andy reed special this was the andy Reid special we, we don't we're not seeing a replay down. here <laughs> he's going to fake a motion to go across. not seeing a replay taylor swift <laughs> At that moment he turns and goes back hard jacks and mahomes right. <laughs> and they go get hard and bring him back and this game winning drive oh my Jordan wins it again. And, and then, he just keeps going.
0: Then what? He is the Michael Jordan wins it again. Like Tony, I like Tony Romo. Is the thing like normally I do like him, but this he's this is a stream of consciousness right Yeah. There. That's you know what honestly though that's part of Tony Romo the part I don't like is he has a hard this is gonna sound bad for a broadcaster it's kind of important he has a hard time just speaking in clear coherent sentences it's just whatever's comes to his mind he's just (laughs) listing things just he is it's puking it out yeah he'd be a good like you know slam poet kind of (laughs) he's he's, overtime Michael Jordan the standard. Patrick
1: Mahomes. Flu game. Flu
0: game. Lombardi. Football.
1: <laughs> that's exactly. You're, you're spot on. So
0: that's, that's the issue with Roma. <laughs> Vegas. Gambling. National Football League. Roger Goodell. <laughs> oh, wow, Jim. Oh, here we go, Jim.
1: <laughs> that's, that's so close. It's scary. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Well, that you just, listen, the, the number one thing that they teach you in all of broadcast school, the number one thing, let it breathe.
0: Number one thing is don't say the F-bomb on air. Number two is <laughs> let it breathe. Number two is let all it right,
1: breathe. All right, there you go. Don't be an idiot. And number two, let her breathe. Just let the crowd speak for you. Silence is not a bad thing. No, less is more. Silence is not a bad thing. Less is more. What however you want to say it, that's exactly how it is. So that is your way too in depth that nobody asked for breakdown of the final Super Bowl call between Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Look, I agree with you. I think Jim Nance did a fantastic job. But
0: And I like Tony Romo. Like I'm a fan of Tony Romo. I just that yeah. just that one call. Um just hold off. Just because because he breaks down the play. Great. Just hold off until we see a replay, then break it down. Just yeah. yeah. It's and look, don't get me wrong. Like it's easy for us to sit here and do this. If you're at the Super Bowl that you won, that's hard. <laughs> Might be a little sweaty. It's incredibly exciting. Like yeah. you, that's really hard to do. 200 million people
1: watching you. Yeah. You
0: do. Like you call basketball games. I call baseball games. I go back and listen to like, I'll see a highlight that I called and I'll be, and I'll be like, why, what are you doing? You got to calm down. Like, yeah, just call the play. You're too excited. Right. So like, yeah, it's easy for us to say this. The like, dude just watched Mahomes win the Super Bowl in overtime. That's why it's really impressive when you see guys like Jim Nance. Just nail it, and and are not, yeah, not overly excited. Just
1: yeah, yeah, it's impressive. Like Iron Eagle on Nickelodeon. Yeah, just drill it with SpongeBob and Patrick in his ears, <laughs> just hooping and hollering, just out of control. SpongeBob and Patrick just there's, yodeling there's, in the background.
0: There's slime all over his <laughs> rosters and his boards, and the, he's just. But he's still he's just str- straight as an eagle.
1: Yeah, straight shooter. Uh, by the way, I, I voted for Westwood One and Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan. Consummate professional, and that dude should be on television. That guy should be the guy that they should have doing play-by-play. He has had fantastic calls everywhere he's gone. From the guy that was streaking, you remember this—the dude that sh- that was streaking across the field—and Kevin Harlan's yelling at him, "Stand up and be a man." That's one of the greatest calls I've ever heard in my lifetime. And that is—that's Kevin Harlan in a nutshell, right there for you. So Kevin Harlan should be a guy who's on TV a lot more and a guy that does a lot more than just Westwood One. So Westwood One's got a really good one, though. Props to Westwood One for understanding that and being like, oh, no, we'll lock down Kevin Harlan with a solid you 10-, know, 15-year deal because we know how special this dude is and how good he actually can be as well. So, look, Kevin Harlan, good stuff. All right, let, let's hear from Kevin Harlan. This was his when the dude was streaking across the field. This is hilarious. I think it was a Chiefs game, too.
0: So the one I have is, it's just, he's done multiple ones. So this is a minor Rams game where there's just a dude on the field. I don't know if he's streaking, but it's it's good. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball and a (laughs) hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare chested and... Banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk. But there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms. Bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat, Kevin. Oh, they got him. Here comes They're coming the blue from the goats. left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line.
1: <laughs> there you go. that That's entertainment value right there.
0: That's great. That was a 21 to nothing game in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Just a terrible game and that did it. By the way, we didn't even get I you know what was a, what really made me laugh during the Super Bowl was there was a streaker during the Super Bowl the Super Yes. Bowl, and Romo was Romo so wanted to talk about it and he literally he was like, "Oh, we got a streaker." But we can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that cracked me up. I, like, I like,
1: can't give him any TV time.
0: Exactly. Tony was Tony was all of us at that moment. We're like, yeah, talk about it. There's a streaker. And Tony's like, yeah, we want it. But we can't talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Apparently, I saw a video of that dude. I don't know if this is, this is 100% accurate. I saw a video of that dude talking afterwards. He said he placed a bet at a sports book that there would be a streaker at the Super Bowl. And then he went and bought a ticket and was the streaker at the Super Bowl so that, that he that, could win the bet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was, it's like, Honestly, not you, be, it's a brilliant plan if you can pull it off.
1: If you want to spend a night in jail and pay the bell. I mean, after all your expenses of what you just did. Yeah, that's a fair point. That you might not have won a ton. You might win a little bit, but maybe not a ton.
0: Any huge bet on a streaker... They must vet those things like crazy. Yeah. Like okay, crazy. this
1: guy, if you're the streaker, it must void the bet. <laughs> also
0: if you're like an equipment manager and you get to uh you basically are the one setting out the Gatorade, you're like, <laughs> you players in the second quarter are like, why do we only have blue Gatorade? <laughs> okay, like, hey, sorry guys, I forgot to pack the other stuff. Like we ran out of the other stuff. I oh, apologize. Yeah, my bad. Just blue. It's only blue. Someone's like, Oh, I saw another pack of red in the No, oh, it's gone. Like we ran out of it. It's not there. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, final thing before we take a break here. I I, I need to establish this for the record, Jordan. So I was thinking about this a little bit further last night. We t- we When we first talked about Jim Nance and Tony Romo, we brought up the overtime rules, right? The Chiefs had the football there down by three with eight seconds to go. Am I correct in saying that?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The clock was running, but they were not worried about the clock running down because if it hit zero, they would have flipped sides, still down three, Mm -hmm. and still had a couple opportunities for in the second quarter, quote-unquote, of overtime. Yeah, exactly. So there is indeed two separate quarters of overtime. So it is like soccer where you play two overtime periods
0: there are four different quarters of overtime and then you go Jeez. into another quarter it doesn't matter so yeah so if
1: you you my, go obviously you go until you f- figure out who's gonna win
0: yeah my understanding is is it's just like the quarter like you said so if they had not if they had tied the game there we go to the second overtime which is a second quarter of overtime Kay. if they're still tied after that they go flip another coin i'm pretty sure gotcha. at midfield and we go into the quote-unquote third quarter of
1: overtime so OK, yeah. so there is another coin flip that would.
0: That's my understanding.
1: OK. All right. That makes sense. That's that's interesting. That, Which. Sh- oh, go ahead. Very strange over time. It, it's
0: road. odd. If I'm Kyle Shanahan right there, I think I take a time out because why not? You know, like, right. You're, deep, you're, you're on your heels a little bit. Um, but and give yourself a, a little chance to rest because I feel like taking the timeout. It's not like it's gonna do anything for the Chiefs are great no matter what. Isn't yes. it? you know, giving them extra time, I don't think is huge. But uh, I don't know. It just I don't know if that's a real criticism, but yeah, it doesn't. People are saying, well, they we didn't want to take a timeout because they were so close to you know lose, winning the game, eight seconds. No, like you said, it doesn't matter. It the wouldn't clock, have mattered.
1: The timeout with the clock and everything wouldn't have mattered anyway.
0: Game clock matters not at all. The only reason they even have a game clock in overtime is because of the directions. They have to switch sides at some point.
1: And the reason why the Chiefs were trying to not necessarily hurry up, but they could have let it go all the way out, but they the reason why they wanted to run one more play before the clock ran out and they had to switch sides was because it would have essentially been a timeout for the 49ers to regroup and maybe they could have caught him off guard, which they did.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a good call. Mhm
1: so you're you're exactly right why not just take the time out right there and maybe regroup a little bit and say hey, this is what they like to do in within the five yard line just remind your guys and maybe remind Kyle use what the rules are in overtime
0: yeah. I'm telling you, it is hilarious like nobody knew the rules in overtime it seemed like <laughs> broadcasters we didn't I didn't really understand the we're talking about it right now like, yeah like it's
1: it's also hilarious that check admitted to the world that he didn't know the rules. Oh, oh yeah,
0: no shame. He was just like, yeah, so, I, 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 doesn't matter to me. Like I thought. We'd what get...
1: differences make to me? I just catch football. I catch the football. <laughs> I
0: try to score. Same with that <laughs> Chiefs receiver.
1: He's like, I don't know. Just general <laughs> overtime rules. Me, me Cole Hardman, man. Yeah,
0: man. We're just looking to
1: score. That's that's interesting. I wonder how much that went into the Chiefs actually being able to win in overtime. How much it affected the game with them knowing their strategy with. Does it matter that the players know the strategy? Does it not? There's a healthy debate going on right now about whether or not the players actually need to know or whether or not they just listen to what the coach tells them and they just go do it.
0: I think the quarterback, obviously, because he has the ball all the time, he knows the risks, Yeah, has to know. Um, other than that, I yeah, I don't think it's that important that, that players really know. I do think it's important... As far as, like, if, let's say the Niners didn't score that first time they got the ball, it's hugely important that the Chiefs players know we just need a field goal to win the game. Yeah. Because then you're not taking as many chances. Um, Let's say, you know, you're at the goal line or, you know, you're not stretching that ball out where it could be knocked away. fumbled. Right. But as far as this game went, where if you, just, I don't think it mattered that much on either side, whether the players knew, the coaching staff knew. Which brings us to another debate: was yesterday was should Shanahan had kicked off? Should he have chosen defense first? And I think he probably should have. But uh, yeah. but as long as he knows, I don't. I think it's a little overblown if the players don't know. It's hilarious, and it seems so <laughs> stupid. Like it, on the on the surface, you're like, "Are you kidding me?" But I, after thinking about it, I'm like, "Yeah, it doesn't really make that big of a difference." I guess.
1: Yeah. Really interesting though, and you can bet from this point on any team that makes it to the playoffs every single head coach is going to drill it into their players heads what those overtime rules are they will make sure that they know it yeah just in case cuz you never know what could go wrong
0: well let's i'm trying to think of a scenario it would where it would someone would make a huge mistake based on not knowing i can't really think if they
1: maybe uh if they didn't know that the you know Say the, the 49ers were in that situation where they didn't know the clock was rolling down, and maybe they tried to go, they hurried it up because they thought they needed to get into the end zone before the time went down. Or maybe even, uh, obviously, the coaches knew, Shanahan knew. Maybe they just kick the field goal right there because they feel like, oh, there's three seconds left. Yeah. We got to tie it up before the clock runs out.
0: But that's but that's a coaching and a quarterback True. issue. Like those two have to know.
1: And we're specifically talking players.
0: Exactly. Like even there, if you're not the quarterback, or even like the center, the center should know because he has, yeah. he gotta, he has to snap the ball. You don't want the ball snapped. Right. But How other about, than that,
1: one thing that you see a lot in regulation that happens is defenses allowing uh other teams to score to leave enough time on the clock for you then to go down and score the other way
0: yeah
1: this one could go one of two ways a defense allowing the offensive player to score because they think they need the time and then the other way would be the player sliding before he gets into the end zone because (laughs) they think that they need to run the clock out yeah yeah that could be a scenario that's a good scenario yeah um Either way, of where a player would need to know and understand what exactly is going on.
0: Yeah. With defense, you're getting that call from the sideline. Like, okay, let him score. Yeah. So that's not a huge one. But yeah, sliding. That's a good point. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Um, You know, I think we do overthink it, though. Like, guys on the field are so, and should be, so focused on doing their job. Just doing what they need to do. Where you hear that, and I forgot the Chiefs receiver, what was his name, Caught the... Touchdown. Nicole Hartman. Yeah. Hartman. Say I didn't even know that we'd won the Super Bowl. Like that's <laughs> so insane to me. But all he's thinking about is just like I gotta run my route yeah. and catch the football. Right. That's all I have to do.
1: Look, I would understand that. Here's here's my thing though. I would understand that point if we're talking about college kids, if we're talking about high school kids. Oh, I'm with you. Like they're yeah. just playing a game. They're yeah, college it's more of a job. These dudes are getting paid millions of dollars. They yeah. spend twenty four hours. Probably not 24 hours, but 40 hours a week. This is a full-time job, this millions of life. dollars. Yeah, you would think. You would think that they would study a little bit and know the rules of the game that they're getting paid to play. Yeah, you know you would. You would. Yeah. Um, that's that's where I'm dumbfounded. Oh, I am too. Yeah.
0: I, I just think we don't realize how focused a lot of... Yeah, and
1: you know, how granular they get with their specific jobs.
0: That's exactly right.
1: So they're, at the point that they need to know everything about what they're doing specifically... They don't have time to think about some of these other things.
0: Well, it's like quarterbacks on the—when when the offense is done, you know, when the defense goes out on the field, the quarterbacks are not watching the game. They're yeah. not even—you wa- know, you'll ask a quarterback, like, you could ask a quarterback, hey, what about the defense—your defense, your defense uh, making a big play there? Uh, yeah, I heard so-and-so got a great—they don't even see it a lot of times because they're so—they f- have to be so focused on what are we going to do next. Yeah, they're it's- watching
1: the iPad on the— sideline.
0: It's the opposite of basketball. Like that's what's fun about basketball and baseball. You kind of you have to know every part of the game, mm-hmm. really, because you're in all the time basically. Baseball a little more specialty, but basketball hockey that you have to be an all-around player. Football is the most specialized sport in the world. Like you don't have you have to do a couple of things. Yeah. And and just know how to do have to be an expert at a couple of things.
1: Yeah, it's definitely interesting, and this debate's going to continue to go on and on and on, and we'll continue to talk about it as more points are being brought up. If you want to give your opinion, you can. You can give us a call, 844 We have time for you you to hop in and get on with your phone call. You can also send us an open mic submission on the ESPN 960 mobile app, and Jordan Biannucci will be looking out for those coming in as well. You can uh, let us know what your your thoughts are by tweeting us on Twitter if you don't want to call in. At Larson Sports, at Jordan Bianucci, or even at ESPN 960 Sports on Twitter. And then you can also just send us a message as well. All right, let's take a break here. Coming back on the other side, we'll get into some bat- college basketball talk. We'll talk a little bit about the Big 12 Conference, whether they're really as good as what they are sold to be. Are they as good this year as they have been historically? We'll also talk a little bit about some of the local teams here in the state. Utah Valley getting ready for some big-time games. BYU, Utah, Utah State all playing very meaningful basketball at the moment here about halfway through the month of February. So we'll be right back on the other side. College basketball right here on Valley Sports Talk and ESPN 960. Let's look in on college basketball around the state of Utah in a college basketball segment here on Valley Sports Talk with Bryce Larson. Whether it's the Wolverines, Cougars, Utes, or Aggies, Bryce has you covered with the latest news in college basketball in the state of Utah. Welcome back into Valley Sports Talk here on ESPN 960. Appreciate you. Joining us for the rest of the way, we're about halfway through hour two of the program live in the Les Schwab Tire studios here in downtown Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm Bryce Larson. That is Jordan Bianucci, and we're bringing you all of the latest from around the state of Utah when it comes to college basketball. We're also going to talk some Big 12 basketball as well, get into some straight of schedule talk, talk about the conference as a whole. We had a little debate a little while ago. Is Big 12 basketball better than SEC football is? We can continue that debate. I'm not sure how much we got into that debate as well, but we can ask you, the listener, once again, is the Big 12 Conference in basketball better as a conference from top to bottom than the SEC is on the football side of things? It's quite an interesting little conversation that happens and that goes on in college sports as well. We'll jump into that here in just a second. I do want to talk a little bit about the game that happened last night between Kansas and Texas Tech in the Big 12. This is the first time that Bill Self has ever been tossed as the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. Can you believe that? That doesn't even sound right to me, that this could be the first time that Bill Self has been tossed as the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. Texas Tech ended up winning 79-50 to in a blowout win over sixth-ranked Kansas that saw Bill Bill Self ejected for the first time in his 21 seasons as the Jayhawks head coach. The 29-point hey loss Monday matched Kansas's largest against an unranked opponent in the AP poll era, the other being against Kentucky in 1950, Jordan. In 1950. It's been a minute. It's the 33rd time this season an AP top 10 team lost on the road to an unranked opponent, already the most through the month of February in a single season in AP poll history. So maybe it isn't fair what I'm about to say to pick on the Big 12 as a conference because it sounds like this is happening. This is something that's happening across the whole country and across the whole nation. But my question to you, is the Big 12 as strong as it has been historically? Is it as strong of a conference as, now, people will cite the amount of top 25 wins. And in my opinion, the AP top 25 is not something that you can cite as a as a way to say or prove how strong a team is. And here's the reasoning behind that. It's because it's very subjective because they allow media members to vote on the AP top 25 and they allow them to... Um, essentially put their narrative out there. So if you have a bunch of Big 12 riders who think that the Big 12, and maybe it's rightfully so, is the best conference in the nation, this happens in college football as well, then they're going to put 12 different teams in the AP Top 25 week in and week out. They're going to... So that's why I don't really like the uh, wins against ranked opponents argument. We have beat so many different ranked opponents... Uh, yeah, that's because in football, Kentucky's ranked no, number 25 after losing four straight because the SEC is also so good of a conference. They lost four straight games and they're still number 25 in the nation. Is this making sense, what I'm trying to explain here, Jordan?
0: Yeah. And the other aspect of it is we don't know how good the Big 12 is, these teams are really, because they only play each other. Right. No one's, you know, very few are playing quality opponents outside of conference. So it's really, yeah, really difficult to uh, assess them when you're just playing one another. Well, they're a good team because they beat that team who we think is good. but It's really difficult. Exactly.
1: And the truth serum comes, the true test and the truth serum comes in the postseason when you get to March Madness and you're matched up against Big Ten teams, SEC teams, Big East teams, And we'll see what the Big 12's record is when March Madness rolls around. And we'll see how good they actually are as a conference, as a whole. Last year, they did okay. They weren't the best conference, but they did okay. They had some teams that went deep. Kansas State went deep. Texas went pretty deep. So they did okay as a conference. But overall, as a whole, there were a lot of teams that ended up losing. And not just in in the first weekend as well. The first round, you had a couple uh, lose really early. Second round, you had a couple lose so we'll see um the other thing is how many teams get in the net rankings I would say are a little bit more uh a little bit better measure because they do take into account a lot of different things you have the you know the the quad wins quad one two three and four wins so I will allow a little bit more of the 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 net rankings to reign a little bit more supreme when I'm looking at which conferences are the best and who has the best teams as well. So I will take some of that data and look at it. Ken Palm as well. I really like what Ken Palm does. So we could take a look at each one of these and still decide which conference is the best. I still do think the Big 12 Conference is the best conference right now in college basketball. My question is, are they as good this year as they have been historically?
0: Yeah no and who knows there's right. no answer to that I uh, know And the other thing about even in March you know you can take it as an aggregate as far as well these five teams lost in march it's still hard to judge then even because it's just one game yeah anything can happen in one game True. so it's it's almost like we never find out who really <laughs> is the quote unquote best or best overall team yeah. uh in college basketball
1: yeah yeah no doubt that's that's a very good point but here's the whole reason why i bring up this argument and this question Because we see NIL and the transfer portal and the way that college athletics have gone, the Big 12 no longer has that top dog in Kansas. They no longer have that top dog in Texas. They no longer have that dominant one team that has ran college basketball. Kentucky out of the SEC no longer is a dominant force who continually wins under Coach Calipari over and over, title after title. UConn, they've recently won a national championship. They've done well. How many national championships has the Big 12 won recently? And here's the reason why I'm bringing all of this up. The parity in college basketball has never been greater. And when you're looking towards March this year, and you're looking at your bracket, just crumple it up and throw it away. Because there's no way you're going to be able to pick all of the upsets that are going to happen this year. Dudes who were riding the bench at Kansas have now become the starters at Villanova, have now become the starters at St. John's, have now become the starters at Vermont. Vermont is about is going to win what, thirty games? I don't know if they've if they're that good this season. But in the past years they've won twenty five to twenty nine games. There are dudes leaving the benches of Texas Tech, Texas, Kansas, Kansas State, and going to be starters at different places where these teams like St. Peter's, Florida Gulf Coast, Wichita State are now so good that they can play against Kansas. They can beat a Purdue. They can beat these guys because they have five bona fide starters who can play 40 straight minutes in a basketball game in in March Madness. And Florida Atlantic... San Diego State, Miami, can find themselves in a Final Four with UConn, and you bet it's going to happen again this year. This is not something that was a fluke last year. This is something that is going to happen again, and it's due to the transfer portal and and name image likeness.
0: Yeah, and it's why it t- it ticks me off when smaller conferences and schools get screwed out of spots because yeah. they're legitimately good teams, like really good teams a lot of times. Um, and, I mean, there's a, another – it's just kind of, it's another reason I don't like it is it's just boring. Like, I don't care to see Wisconsin play uh, Kansas State or whatever, yeah. you know, like – A
1: 500 Wisconsin team.
0: Exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't – that's not riveting. Um, so – yeah, I uh, you're I think you're totally you're absolutely right. 'Cause look look at a team like Grand Canyon. You're telling me Grand Canyon can't get to the sweet sixteen this year?
1: Oh, I believe it.
0: Based on the matchup, if they absolutely they could.
1: Yeah, based on their matchup, based on where they get seated, if they're gonna play out in the West, if they end up in Salt Lake City, if they're a top say they're a, a top ten seed. So they're playing pretty well. They might get a twelve seed, which is just fine. A le- 10, 11, 12, if they are right there, uh, I'll take Grand Canyon to beat whoever they're facing in the 12-5 matchup for sure. I think that Grand Canyon can go on a run. I think this is what uh, head coach um, Bryce Drew has waited for. He's kind of built that team around and and that and Grand Canyon is an, exactly the example. They have a Kansas transfer in Ty and Grant Foster. A guy who played for Kansas that plays at Grand Canyon. Dude that played at Arizona State. Another guy, I think he ended up playing at Villanova. So Grand Canyon is exactly what I'm talking about when I say these guys who rode the bench elsewhere, who have the skills and ability to one day play for Kansas, are playing at other schools like Grand Canyon, like Vermont, like St. Peter's, like Florida Gulf Coast, Wichita State. And my friends, this upcoming March Madness Tournament is going to be one of the craziest of them all. And it might not be a great thing for college basketball because now you're going to have the power brokers of college basketball like Kansas, Kentucky, and all of those top-tier teams saying, uh, maybe we don't want to play Grand Canyon anymore. Maybe we don't want Utah Valley to get into this tournament or SUU or Utah Tech because we don't want to lose to them.
0: You don't want to lose to them, and why not take a 500- iowa state team because that's more money for your conference
1: and it looks a lot better yeah. when you lose to a 500 iowa state team than it did a 30 win vermont team
0: which is so ridiculous but you know it is c- because it's it it's not better <laughs> it's it's not think, you know take vermont like you said that's a powerhouse
1: but Iowa State played in the Big Twelve Conference, yeah, the exactly. best twelve conference, or the best uh, conference in the in the in the country.
0: Yeah. Well, this is and this is the same argument we had for years with the ACC. Yeah. Everyone just gushed over the media, gushed over the ACC. How good is the ACC? It was like, all right, I'll take your word for it, I guess.
1: Yeah. Exactly. We'll see how good the Mountain West Conference is this year. Uh, I, I'm surprised, um, or excited, rather. I'm interested and excited to see, and intrigued to see. How the Mountain West Conference does in the in March Madness? Of course, they had San Diego State make it to the Final Four last year, but they also had literally everybody else bow out in the first round, <laughs> which is so weird because we always talk about how good a Mountain West Conference is at college basketball, and then they get them they get a team in the Final Four, but they also have four other teams that bowed out in the first round. But they had five teams in there or six teams in there, which was equally impressive for the Mountain West Conference, and it looks like they're trending towards that once again this season speaking of which uh, we'll give you a little update from around the state of Utah here Utah ended up losing to Arizona State that does not bode well for the run in Utes I believe they were in Lenardi's last four in so they've got to do some work to make sure that they get into the NCAA tournament sounds like they are officially on bubble watch the rest of the way and they've got to win some games to make sure they can get a bid into March Madness Utah State got the job done over Boise State at home, so they stay atop the Mountain West Conference standings, although there are some other teams up there as well. I believe New Mexico ended up losing, so I think right now with Boise State and New Mexico losing, it's San Diego State and Utah State a game ahead of the rest of the Mountain West Conference Atop those standings as well, BYU got the win against a good Kansas State team. Although they almost blew that lead, Jordan. I don't know how much of that game you ended up watching on Saturday. We talked about the Spider Man halftime and the larping that went on there. Besides that, that might have been the reason why Kansas State came back and 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 won the second half essentially. But uh, BYU was still able to stave off the attack.
0: Yeah, I tried. Well, I watched into the second half, but uh, at that point. I flipped uh, once. That kid, you know, went to town. We'll say on that uh, Cougar tail.
1: <laughs> did they show that on TV? Uh,
0: they. I'm trying to think. They did not. At least I didn't see it on TV. Missed they, opportunity. Yeah, but they talked about it. Um. Yeah, missed opportunity. They're not. It's cable. They can show that. Um. <laughs> I flipped over. I went. Uh, I went Suns Warriors at the. Oh, game. okay. That's a great game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. So BYU gets the job done against Kansas State. They're still. Middle of the pack there in the Big 12 Conference. And Utah Valley, they've got a big one coming up against California Baptists on the road. Uh team that might not have their best point guard in Dom Daniels Jr. And we'll see how uh, well Utah Valley goes out on the road. They've only won one game on the road. It's an overtime game at Sam Houston, who's at towards the top of Conference USA. So you explain to me that, how... Utah Valley went on the road got an overtime win against Sam Houston early on in the season. they were all sick too. like <laughs> yeah. that's an incredible win and then they since then have not won on the road.
0: that's, in, that's insane. you can't beat UTRGV on the road you can't beat UTr Lincoln on the road, but everybody's throwing up and you go into Sam Houston and get one in overtime
1: <sighs> I don't know it's it's impossible to explain, so we'll see if they can do it No Dom Daniel don't Dom Daniels uh we'll see he hasn't played the last couple of games he might make an appearance on thursday so we'll see if dom daniels junior the best player and leading scorer for california baptist makes an appearance on thursday night then they've got southern utah down in cedar city are uh every time drake allen touches the ball it's probably going to get booed down there got to ex- probably expect drake allen to get booed every time he touches the ball down in, in cedar city on saturday just hopefully get out of there with the win Get uh, Drake Allen out of there without any bumps or bruises as well.
0: Huge game, <laughs> massive can't, game. Can't overstate how big that game
1: is. That's a big one. Both of these, you went, you steal two on the road. Oh boy, you've got a brand new, you've got a brand new life. You got a brand new season because you could get on a little bit of a roll here. If you're in Utah Valley down the stretch, got some good games, some some winnable games. UTRGV at home, UT Arlington at home. Then you're on the road at Tarleton and Abilene Christian, two teams that you could easily be on the road as well. So you could. Get on a run and get hot and be the team that nobody wants to see in the WAC tournament if these guys can buy in down the stretch. We'll see. We'll see if that ends up happening. We'll see if they've got that competitive fire. We'll see if they care about it down the stretch or if they're just going to say, yeah, season's over. We'll see which team comes out against Cal Baptist and Southern Utah coming up. That's a Thursday, Saturday uh, schedule for you there as well. All right, Jordan, let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side. That'll do it for our college basketball segment. On the other side, we'll come back and wrap up a Tuesday edition of Valley Sports Talk right here on ESPN 960. Bryce Larson returns right now on ESPN 960. Get in on the conversation by sending in your thoughts on today's show via open mic submission on the ESPN 960 app. Back here in the Tire Studios, wrapping things up on a Tuesday morning. Bryce Larson, that's Jordan Bianucci behind the glass. We appreciate you for joining us here on Valley Sports Talk and ESPN 960. Speaking of amateur athletics, I want to give you an update on something we talked about. Dartmouth and their basketball team, uh, they had formed a union the 12 players of their basketball team formed a union there at Dartmouth and the university i believe between the university and the players they they had to get an intermediary there was a judge that voted on them saying yes they can be a union together they can unionize and so they're pushing obviously to be play to be paid as employees of the university well an update on this from the associated press for you the national labor relations board on monday granted dartmouth's Trustees extra time to request a review of regional officials' ruling that the school men's basketball players are employees. The official ruling last week cleared the way for an election that could create the first labor union for NCAA athletes. The Labor Relations Board's national office granted Dartmouth's request to move the appeal deadline from February 20th to March 5th, which is the same day that the players are scheduled to, par- to participate as an in-person election at the school, uh, the school's Hanover, New Hampshire campus. So there you go. All 15 members of Dartmouth's basketball team signed the initial petition asking to be represented by the Service Employees International Union, which already represents some Dartmouth workers. One of the players, Romero Myrtle Romeo Myrtle said Saturday's said Saturday following the team 77-59 loss to Harvard that he had no reason to expect anything different when the players vote. That's quite interesting. We'll see how this thing goes because we could be heading into a weird strange world where student athletes all of a sudden become employees of the universities. You gotta wonder with employees or with these universities already struggling with the way that they manage the money at the moment, <laughs> they're already struggling to to make money and not go into debt all around the country. We're talking UCLA, like big-time. Uh, Arizona, Arizona Arizona misplaced. How much? $210 million?
0: More than fits in a guy's uh, wallet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking UCLA, Arizona, big-time places that make millions and millions of dollars. LSU as well. They're struggling to stay afloat, not having to pay these people as employees. Imagine now putting a hundred and twenty uh, hundred and twenty person roster of football players on on your employment payments.
0: And you know what should happen, and people will disagree with me. But there should be revenue sharing. Like if you yes. want if you want college sports to be fun, if you want if you want if your goal is Is for the overall health of college sports, not to make the most money. If your goal is for, if you really care about college sports, yeah, some of that, some of that billion dollars heading to Ohio State should be distributed to Miami of Ohio. Yeah, give them. You know, it's just good for the all around for the games. And I people will be like, well, they earned that money. They did, but you know, it's just look at the look at revenue sharing in professional sports. You have to regulate it big time. Like in baseball, they'll revenue share, and then the Kansas City Royals will just keep that money instead of spending it on the team. And the
1: Oakland Athletics.
0: Exactly. So if you regulate it, be like, no, you have to put this into your athletic department. You have to – then, yeah, I think that's that's good for everybody, frankly.
1: Yeah, I think that's fine. Uh, My question is, what does this mean for smaller schools like Utah Valley, like Southern Utah, like Utah Tech? who are struggling so much already just to figure it out, just to get by, because they don't have a huge TV contract that pays for everything. They don't even have a football team at Utah Valley that brings in money. right? That So they don't have a ton of revenue already coming in. They have to go out and sell sponsorships and get corporate sponsors just to support their athletics program and department and employ everybody. What does it mean when a ruling comes down that says, you now have to pay these players that play any sport at your institution? immediately they're going to go with, all right, I guess we're going to keep four sports and cut the rest, and that sucks for the rest of those athletes that, that get cut and don't have a sport to play all of a sudden. Yeah,
0: maybe. That's exactly. I don't, and again, that's why I like a revenue-sharing idea. I don't know. Maybe people, maybe most people don't care, but we already have professional sports. So if there's no, so if, like like you say, if, because look at, I mean, even Utah State, someone who has a good, fine football program, they're going to cut a lot of sports. Yeah. Even, you know, Cal is going to cut a lot. Your Power Five teams are going to have to cut a lot of sports. That's, we've kind of lost what college athletics was really all about in the first place. Right. So I guess, you know, watching Texas and Ohio State will be fun. But, you know, not having, you no longer really have a community team, though. You just, yeah. d- you don't, you no longer can take your kid to go see a college soccer, a college lacrosse game. And in some of these communities, that's a big deal. I would, I would say that's, that's a big, that's a, you know, that's For a sure. huge deal at Vermont is being able to go watch one of those. Cause you don't have other stuff going on. Like it's, it's a cool part of the community and you're going to lose that.
1: Yeah. And then the the prices of the tickets are also going to go up as well. Cause you've, they, they now have costs that they need to, or more costs that they need to cover. So you're going to price out a lot of the people that could, or potentially used to go to those games. Um, it's unfortunate. I don't know that wrestling's going to survive. Rowing, a lot of rowing. Yeah, no. Those smaller, you know, field hockey, field hockey, lacrosse, even. In oh, the, that's a big time sport in the East Coast.
0: You're looking at. I mean, you say you know, quote unquote, bigger Olympics. But tennis. Tennis isn't going to make it. Soccer. Isn't gonna make it at a lot of places. Um, which again, baseball and softball baseball might not make it. it. Baseball and softball will get cut, absolutely. Other than basket other than men's basketball and football, what else are you gonna how else are you gonna survive? Because you gotta make some tough decisions there.
1: And how much will this affect Title Nine when it comes to athletics as well? Well
0: that's the other aspect. Is it let's say I mean what that's exactly you exactly start getting
1: that. some murky waters. If
0: you're let's just say SUU or Utah Tech as an example. They can't be making that much money from football. Making some money.
1: No. In fact, they're probably putting more money into it.
0: That's what I would think too. Yeah. But even if they're making a little bit of money. You know they're not making a ton from men's basketball. So now you may have to say well do we want to keep men's basketball or football because the other the one other sport we're going to keep has to be a women's sport.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So now yeah, because a lot of the, these small schools it's going to come down to that.
1: Exactly. And it's going to be sad that, that when that day comes and I'm not sure it's too far away from, you know, too far around the corner. It's a really unfortunate what's happened to college sports, especially for all these high school kids that have jumped into it um and have played really well and they've earned or have been good enough to earn a scholarship in the past. Now, with the transfer portal, name, image, likeness, less and less Division I's are recruiting high school kids. They're having to go to lower levels. They're not. They're just not getting recruited in general. You end up at an Independence Community College or wherever you're going to end up at, Salt Lake Community College, Snow, Utah State, Eastern and then you have to transfer in and hope that you get seen at one of those schools like it is a nightmare right now for these high school kids now some of those high school kids some of those girls especially I've, i have a feeling that women are going to be affected especially with this one uh, you play women's soccer you play softball all of a sudden there's no more programs around for you to step into at the at at the college level and high school's it for you yeah which and- is incredibly unfortunate because look how far we've come to now just revert back to what we, now we no longer have these programs yeah and the answer
0: is not hey we shouldn't pay the pay the players no the pay, these players are spending a lot of hours yeah like in football they're bringing in that much money they deserve a, a, absolutely a piece of the pie yeah but all that revenue it's just better for i think everybody if you if you spread it out a little yeah um but uh but are they going to do that i don't know no that someone will ha- may have to make them do that. Right, they're not going to give their money to. Okay. These are not benevolent.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> well, here's the problem: is that football is going to break away from the rest of the institutions. They're they're like if they could, they're just going to take the names and the the entities and break away, so they no longer have to l- play by the rules of everybody else. Is how it's going to go, and which is fine. They make a lot of money. They do whatever you generate that much money. Whatever you do it. That's going to kill the rest of college athletics because there's so many sports that are, that are kept up and propped up by football at different universities.
0: What you'll have to do is if you're, let's say you're Ohio State and you want to go out on your own, you're, you know, you're an independent football team. To use the name Ohio State, to use the logos, you'll have to charge as a university a hefty, hefty very, fee. Just yes. huge fee basically what they're getting you know um otherwise yeah why would you because that's all you have by the way in college that all you have is the name and the mascot and you know the these players aren't nfl players they're not as good why yeah. w- w- what's the difference between college sports and the u.s and the usfl or you know ufl right. the laundry that they're wearing
1: and that's what it, well that and yeah you're right the level of play that these guys play at as well Um, No, I think you're exactly right, and we'll see what ends up happening with college athletics going forward, but uh, definitely some changes on the horizon. I'm I'm curious to see, there might be, I don't know if this would be a a law that would be put in place at the government level that would force universities, if they're going to have athletic programs, you have to pay them, or if there will be another faction of college athletics that will stick with the NCAA way and there will be a place for kids who still want to go to school and still want to do it that way to be able to go play. So then maybe you have a completely different segment, similar to an NAIA, how they're different from the NCAA, where you just have a completely different league and you play for your own national championships, you play for your own championships, conferences, everything else, and they're still amateur athletes and they still don't get paid, but they're still going to school and being students. And have different things in that way. Now, if it's at the government level, where it's illegal to do that, obviously all of that's going to go away. Which will be unfortunate. Because there there still are, I'm sure there still are people out there that would still rather play at an amateur level rather than not play at all. And yeah. And not have the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I, I would think.
0: Oh, I think so. Well, they're, that's what they're doing right now.
1: Yeah. So... We'll see what ends up happening. Jordan, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap this bad boy up?
0: Uh, Not much. Just going to be watching. I'll check in on the UCF-BYU game tonight. Um, Other than that, not a whole lot going on.
1: Oh, yeah. UCF and BYU. We'll see what happens there tonight between those two in the Big 12 Conference as well. Appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back here same time, same place uh, tomorrow morning. Right back on Valley Sports Talk and ESPN 960.